If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Heard Tell. Ah, uh, welcome back to Heard Tell. Okay, we're going to talk about something really important a lot of folks don't know about, but it's starting to grow. And I think it's going to be really important to how we do things like what I do, news media coverage called folk reporting. We got to get one to talk to him. Here be one, Justin Hudson. He's got the Hudson editorial on Substack. I'm going to talk about what that is from the great state of West Virginia, which y'all know I love. Justice, how are you, sir? Great to have you. Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. I want to start with the nomenclature. I know what it is because, you know, we talk in some of the same circles, have some of the same friends, but this idea of a folk reporter, look, I, on top of everything else I do, I also write for a local paper. I can write stories based off the notes of a county commission meeting or a city meeting, or when there's a board meeting of this or that or the other, or like what's going on in Fayette County where I cover sometimes you got a crisis with the water company or the service district or whatever. I can do that from afar. There's value in going to these meetings. In the old days, the local paper or whatever would send somebody to do that. That's not the media environment we live in anymore. There's a vacuum there. And that's kind of where this folk reporter idea has come in to start filling that knowledge gap in local areas. Did I explain that well? I think you explained it great. I think there's uh, also great power in empowering uh, just citizens to go out and interact with their government. You know, the meeting notes are great. Uh, but they they can miss a lot of nuance that if you're not there on the ground, uh, you're not going to experience. And, and so I think that, that you explained it perfectly. Uh, it's all about getting people, folks, if you will, out there on the ground, uh, witnessing what government and their community is doing, and then getting that information out to the rest of their community, to the rest of the state. Yeah, and the thing about this is, I'm all for journalism. I'm for good journalism. I think journalism is really important. You don't have to have a whole lot of special training to just go on your social media or whatever platform you have and go, this commissioner said this, this city councilman said this, this group showed up to take the podium to say this, that, or the other, this school board meeting went this way. That's just reporting what happened. You don't really need special training for that other than maybe getting somebody to edit you and check your grammar, right? That's kind of the beauty of this thing is like, Anybody can go to these meetings. Anybody can put this information out there. We just need some people to actually do it. Right. You know, and people take it so many different ways. There are people who go on Twitter and give out that retelling of events. And there's such great value in that. And I've taken it uh, to where, you know, at the beginning I was writing articles. They were just write down the agenda in article form. And now I'm at the point where there's editorializing, uh, trying to, get more information into a smaller bit, just like a news reporter would do. So 
there is not any training that anybody needs. Uh, you do need the confidence to be able to just show up in these rooms where, you know, oftentimes you might, uh, unless you're, I'm kind of a bombastic personality, so I can go into these situations and be confident and not be kind of uh, intimidated, uh, but not everybody's like that. So, uh, but ultimately, you know, government's there to, uh, you know, serve the people. Uh, and so if you can kind of muster up a little bit of uh, uh, confidence, you can get out there. Uh, you don't need training. You don't need to go to school for it. Uh, it helps if you have somebody to read over it, but you can read over it yourself. And as you do it and as you go forward, you know, at least in my experience, I've learned how to do things better, how to get better notes and how to kind of get it quicker. Uh, and I've learned what to look out for when I'm editing to make those pieces a little bit more well-rounded. Yeah, Justice Hudson joining us. Here's the thing I found when I first, because I just came off the street. I didn't have any ends when I first started writing and doing media. I was really surprised how many people were really willing to help you. And we're really willing to kind of give you guidance, especially people that take pride in their craft, whether it's writing or media or journalism or whatever. You know, I started writing. I had journalists start reaching out to me. It's like, hey, you need to do it this way. Were you surprised? And I know from your writing, you've had a lot of people do that with you. Once they find out that, oh, there's this folk reporter doing this, there is kind of an ecosystem of people that want you to succeed that are good people that'll be that advice for you. And they don't really charge anything. They're happy to tell you those things. Did that surprise you? Because it surprised me when I first started doing this stuff. Oh, it was amazing. Um, there are, are lots of journalists in the state who I respect so highly. Um, I read their work. Uh, I interact with them online. And uh, one of the biggest reasons why I started writing were things like West Virginia Public Broadcasting for the for the work that they do. I was really inspired by those audio stories. So when I did this, I was uh, a little bit nervous that, uh, well, for one, that nobody would see it. And that, too, if people did see it, that they would kind of uh, there would be a problem that there would be, you know, it's a weird world in media. You're rubbing shoulders with people who've gone to school for it, who've worked in it for a decade or more. And so I, I kind of was a little nervous. And then, man, when I put stories out there and I would hear from, you know, people from down in Charleston, people from across the state, and they would say, you know, keep it up. Let me know if you need any advice. This is how I've done it in the past. Uh, it was really amazing because, uh, there's no other reason that they would do that other than, like you said, they love their craft, but also that they see somebody doing something, they want to help them out. And that just shows good people. I mean, that's what Westernians are about anyways, uh, but it's good to, to have it confirmed again in, in this new line of work that I'm doing. Yeah, Justice Hudson joining us. There's something, we both grew up in West Virginia. For folks that don't know, for all the problems in West Virginia, I've told people West Virginia's always had really, really good media, way punches way above its weight. It's been excellent. Um, lots of award winning stuff. The Gazette has had a Pulitzer Prize in recent history. You go, I've done radio hits for West Virginia Radio Corporation. You go in the building down at 58 CHS and it's like, you know, Peabody, Murrow, 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 the, you know, the whole wall's full. West Virginia's always had great media. But that's been endangered in the last few years. One of the reasons I started writing a local column again for just specific for West Virginia issues is there's a lapse. And it's it 
there's some malicious to some people, but a lot of it's just economics. Everything's nationalized. Local media is struggling. Everything's on the national narrative. When you're covering somewhere like Wheeling, West Virginia, where you cover, which is, you know, almost a textbook small city, right? Like if you just looked at the picture, you go, oh, it's small city America, very picturesque, an important city in the grand scheme in West Virginia stuff. There's a media gap for markets like Wheeling. And then that's where this folk reporting comes back in again. It's not really a new thing. It's just a new spin filling in a gap of something that we should have been doing all along, isn't it? Definitely. And, you know, I got to give credit to the media that is in town. Uh, we've got a couple TV stations. We've got our newspaper and uh, their coverage. It's not that there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but I would say probably the probably the biggest uh Consistency when you talk about that with people, when you talk about these legacy or established media, is that they lack nuance or they lack uh, kind of a bigger picture uh, or a fuller reporting. Or, you know, I've heard all sorts of things. And so they'll send people to events and they'll write things about it. But especially, you know, with our TV stations, they're bite sized articles that are a couple paragraphs. And uh, people have their opinions about the newspaper, too, for, for political spin. So something that I've been surprised about, too, is that when I put my work out about local government meetings, I will get people that are elected officials that work for the city, uh, my friends, uh, random people who just happen to read my stuff. And they'll say, it's really amazing what you're doing. Um, it's better than this media station it's better than that media. now i don't really necessarily like to put it on that comparison i don't like to say x is better than y or whatever uh, but i think it does say something about a gap in media people want to read about their community people want to learn about the nitty-gritty issues that are happening in their government uh while they might be small issues to other people i mean when wheeling city council is in you know, June of 2023, uh, spending the or allocating the last bit of their ARPA money. Uh, that's a big story. That's an important story. People want to understand where that money went. Uh, people want to understand where it like the rest of it might be going. Uh, they want to hear why their counselors are defending what they're going to allocate it for. Uh, and that's important. And that's not necessarily a story you're going to hear uh, unless you are going to buy a paper, which more and more, sadly, people are not buying papers. So uh, there is a gap. We've got, like you said, great media in the state. We've got people at these organizations in spite sometimes of the own whoever owns these stations or these papers that we've got people there that really care, that want to be out there. Uh, but there's still always been in this community across the state. I see it online too, that there is like a contempt. Uh, people hold a lot of uh, mixed feelings about media and they want more and they want more, uh, uh, more broad stories. So there's a gap. I like to think I'm filling it. Uh, sadly, because it's a part-time job, I can't fill it all, but uh, one story at a time.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Right, Justice Hudson joining us. That's the key, though, is the thing. And and I've been doing some mentoring with younger folks that are looking to get into media. So I tell like regular people, those like, well, wait a minute. If you have a Facebook, you have a platform. If you have a Twitter account or X or whatever we're going to call it next month, you have a platform. If you have any kind of social media and you have people that are friends and family following, you have a platform. So you can talk to them about these events. I want to something that you touched on in your piece. You wrote a piece in Hudson Editorial about your. 50th story that you've posted. We're going to link to his Substack, by the way. All his content is free. You can donate if you want to, but it's free content. We're going to link to it, and we're also recommending it off our Substack, hertel.substack.com. His is the Hudson Editorial uh, com. You mentioned it here. I think this is an important piece because you talked about your journey in doing this of, well, maybe this ain't for me. Maybe I shouldn't be at a meeting. And I know you talked about being a little bombastic in your personality, and you even had doubts. But you said this, you said, looking back on it, the self-absorbed thing was to not get involved and to not do it because you had the capability to do it and the time to do it. What would you tell people? Look, again, we're not saying you should quit your job and go do folk reporting because there's, let's be honest, there's not a lot of money in it. Can you take one day a week to write about your school system? Can you take an hour a week to write about a local issue? Heiko, where I went to church growing up, they're still waiting on decent running water. So I always harp on it every couple of months. And everybody's like, why are you talking about that? And I'm like, well, because if you live there and you get sludge water out of your faucet, it's a big deal. Those kind of little things, those are an hour, two hours, a couple minutes out of your week. But that's important piece of the local small level of journalism that just about anybody can really do. And I found it interesting that you put it that way that you know the self-absorbed thing is to not share that platform that you have no matter how small it may be yeah and you know that that comment came because uh this folk reporters program is an initiative by black by god and when i and i love black by god and they do great work but when i first learned about that program i thought oh well i'm white so it's not for me and now I laugh about it because it's a it's a funny notion. There there was, uh, it was a self-absorbed like uh, like I put in the article. It was a, a an attitude that I had that uh, this is not for me. For one, because it's not uh, a paper. Uh, I didn't want to step on people's toes at the at the organization. 
but at a certain point, it just came down to the fact that uh, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? Uh, like you said, you know, it's not a huge time commitment. I got to admit, like when you're attending a meeting uh, here in the city of Wheeling, that's about an hour for a government meeting. Sometimes they're two hours. I went to a school board meeting a couple weeks ago that was two and a half hours because of executive session. That's a lot of free time to spend. Uh, and then if you're coming home and you're writing those things up, that could take you another hour, hour and a half, uh, depending on the amount of fact checking you have to do. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you've got a platform and like you say, with social media, everybody has a platform. Uh, I think it, it, it behooves me to say, why would you not want to share these things out? Uh, it's hard to put your neck out there. It's hard. It, it's scary. Uh, but once you do it, you'll get a lot of reward out of it. Uh, there are so many untold stories that, you know, to the point where, you know, I start doing little write-ups about the city government and I'll even branch out to some community stories. I'll get people in my community saying, you should write about this. You should look into that. You should talk to this person for a story. And it doesn't always go somewhere. Uh, I mean, this is beyond part-time. Like you said, there's not much money in it. Uh, especially for a folk reporter, even if you were a paid reporter. Um, but at the same time, there's something really uh, rewarding about typing up a city council or going to the Human Rights Commission here in town, typing up something about it, hitting post. A couple days later, somebody in my circle or somebody in my community says, wow, I wouldn't have known about the mural projects that the Arts and Cultural Commission are approving it looks really cool. Really excited to see that. Thanks for writing about it. It's little stuff like that that makes it worth it, uh, that makes you want to keep going. Uh, there are definitely parts that make you want to stop because government can sometimes be frustrating. Uh, the people that you work with, like I say, sometimes you're rubbing shoulders with people who have a real um, sense of, uh, you know, don't mess with me. This is my craft. And uh, and it can be intimidating, but uh, maybe not for everybody. Uh, if you just go, you show up, you put your head down, maybe you keep your head up, uh, you take your notes, you ask your questions, uh, you'll be amazed how much not only you'll learn, you'll be amazed at the feedback you'll get. Uh, and ultimately, you're going to be teaching a lot of people around you, which is important. People got to feel connected to their government. People got to feel connected to their community. That's how I think we improve as a nation is if we don't let all politics is local. So if you start focusing on the local, if you start getting the word out from what's going on in your small community, uh, I think it's going to make your life better. It might make your friends' lives better. Uh, you might get more creative with uh, maybe how you at, talk to your politicians. It's really not that scary once you do it. So I would encourage anyone and everybody to do it. Take a couple hours out of your week. Uh, attend a meeting, get some eyes on it, and then go from there. Sources out there. You talked about Black by God runs a whole folk reporter. 
I know Pointer, which is one of the journalism things, they have tons of just free resources on here's how you research, here's how you do this, here's how you do this. And they're all a lot of that stuff's free. So again, if you want to do this stuff, reach out to us. We're happy to talk to you about it. Justice Hudson, one last thing before we let you go, I wanted to point out you've done a couple of things and you just touched on this. It's local news, but sometimes local news branches out. You got it, you did a great little audio thing with people who had chosen to come to West Virginia. You did those interviews. I'd love to you talk about, you know, discovering a buried rail car that needs cleaned up, just old diesel fuel and grease and various things. And then every now and then something national happens, like Secretary Pete Buttigieg shows up in town. And you can put a little bit of a local flavor on that. Whereas, you know, somebody that's not local might write a blurb. They don't understand why he walked down that particular street and that sort of thing. Just kind of nutshell of what you've been doing at Hudson Editorial, folks that can follow you. And also, so people that want to maybe start doing this in the future can look at it and see examples like, Oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. That it's funny. You say that too, because when, uh, after Pete Buttigieg came, I went online and you know, there's a whole like media circus where people come to town and then the opposite side of the political spectrum, I think it's probably a lot of bots saying, well, it doesn't even look like people are working downtown. This was a staged trip. And it's funny because it's like, if you live in Wheeling, you know that work is going on. They have torn up every street in downtown. It is like, a, a, some would call it a war zone. I don't think I'd go that far. I think that's a bit, whatever. Anyways, uh, at the Hudson uh, editorial, uh, I've really been spending the last six months attending local meetings, uh, but also going to community events, uh, trying to think, uh, you know, I follow my local media, and so I try to think, what is something that they're not talking about? Is there somebody that, they, that they're not speaking to, or is there an event that they're not covering that I can? And even if they are covering it, there are so many times I show up somewhere, and WTRF7's a camera person there, I, to the point where I have one of their reporters, like, I've got her number, Every time I see her, I give her a smile away because I see her almost at every single thing I decide to go to and cover. Uh, from small dog festivals that happen in town all the way up to the ribbon cuttings for uh, police headquarters. She's everywhere. And I love it. Uh, so even when there are other media showing up, I think it's still important to add your own nuance. Everyone's got their skill. Everyone's got their, their, their uh, knack to writing. Once you start it, you'll find it. Um, so I really encourage people to do that. I, I encourage people, if government meetings are your thing, and, and I think government meetings are very attainable. There's typically, there's only one or two a month uh, for around the state. That's about how it goes. Very, very part-time, uh, typically in the evenings, which makes it a little easier too. But if that's not your thing, why don't you think about what else is going on in my community that needs covered? It can be something like my neighbors have dirty water or uh the hillside slipped or you know coal mines opening back up coal mines closing uh, closing uh or it could be something small like local event like local organization puts on a community food drive it could be something uh uplifting news doesn't always have to be I th and i think this has been my biggest lesson news does not always need to be hyper partisan it does not always need to be uh, extremely negative uh, or worrying. Now, obviously, because we know this through Facebook, negativity wins. Uh, if you put something negative on someone's screen, they're clicking on it. But news uh, in the past 
There used to be entire sections just for positive news. So if that's your thing, do it. If your thing is holding people to power, do it. Spend a couple hours. Uh, that's what I do. I spend a couple hours, I write it. You can publish it on Substack for free. Uh, you can just put out a PDF file if you want to. I would say probably go with something like Substack or Medium to do it. Uh, or you could just tweet out a thread. A lot of people do that nowadays. They sit in the meeting. As it's getting told, they are tweeting out a thread. So uh, it's not much work. It, it's mostly a lot of um, mental work to get yourself to that point to where you feel confident. Uh, you kind of, uh, you, you're not scared that you're going to mess up. And you know, if you do mess up, you're able to fix it. Uh, people are willing to help you out along the way. Uh, I really encourage people to just get out there, do it, get your eyes on things and give it a shot. Yeah, best way to say it. Justin Hudson joining us. Let folks know where they can find the Hudson editorial. Let them know what you've got coming up. you got a couple projects. We're going to highlight uh, in the show notes on our Substack the celebrating 50 stories that you've done already. Tell folks what you're going to be doing for the next 50 and tell them where they can find you both on social media and the Substack until we get you back on Hertel again, my friend. Awesome. So you can go to thehudsoneditorial.com. It'll take you straight to the Substack. You can find me on Twitter, which is JusticeHudson97, Twitter for now, X tomorrow. If it's still open after that, I post there too. Uh, looking forward to the next 50 posts. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to continue doing my government posts. I've got a project about a local art studio, which opened up an art gallery for the month called Clientele as a PSYOP, which features a lot of uh, cryptids and conspiracy theory themed art. That was really cool. Uh, and I'm going to speak to uh, LGBTQ uh, West Virginians and kind of get their get their uh, find out what their pulse is like, uh, uh, their ear on the ground, see what's going on in the community uh, and how they feel about the current climate. Uh, I've got some exciting articles coming up, not only the government reporting, but as things go out throughout the year, uh, I'll be writing little special features. So it's worth a look. Like uh, we said, it's free. You can subscribe and pay if you want to, but everything that I make is free because I really think that people should, if they want to read it, they should be able to read it. So the Hudson House or the Hudson Editorial.com, check it out. Hudson Housewares will be a spinoff. We'll get to that later. That's when you get your merch line going, right? That's when I get my business. That's when I get my farm. <laughs> I, that's when I get everything. There you go. Big dreams in a small town. There, That's free. You can go ahead and write that up. I'll just give you that one. <laughs> Justice Hudson, thank you so much for the time today, sir. We'll be reading along. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. All the music on Hertel is provided under a creative content license from MonsterCat.com. Folks, if you've listened to the Herd Tell program, you've heard our friend Gabriella Hoffman, but you need to make sure you're checking out her podcast, District of Conservation. It's a podcast exploring the nuances of true conservation efforts from D.C. and beyond. From topic discussions to exclusive interviews with conservation and energy newsmakers, Gabriella keeps listeners appraised of the latest news stories while elevating important voices. Listen to the District of Conservation on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. Folks, you've heard of Ethan Brown on the Herd Tell Show a couple of different times, but if you're interested in learning about how to discuss things like climate change without all the politics and doom and gloom, 
head over to his podcast, The Sweaty Penguin. Sweaty Penguin is a late-night comedy-style climate podcast working to add nuance, critical thinking, humor, and hope to the climate conversation. they got over 100 episodes already, breaking down weekly news stories and specific topics, from the vanilla to the ADHD to the international accountability to orangutans. Yes, I know, it's a comedy thing, so just go with it. But each time, exploring different ways we can make progress on these issues while still helping the economy, health, security, and everything else we care about. Feel overwhelmed, exhausted, or excluded by today's climate change discourse? This is the podcast for you. Find the Sweaty Penguin wherever you get your podcast or at www.thesweatypenguin.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.